encapsulating nearly every single Toho Daikaiju film of the last 15 years. This week, we're taking a look at the Rumble Royale, meant to be the series end to 14 different films. This is Kaiju versus History. Destroy all monsters. Welcome back, alien sympathizers, to another gas-filled episode of Kaiju vs. History. This is body-doubling overlord Miles, and joining me is Crackerjack pilot of the Moonlight Rocket, Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing this week? Doing pretty well. It does feel like we are reaching a little bit of a, a capstone here <laughs> as far as monster movies go this week. We're, we're nearing the end. Of the 1960s season two of the podcast, which so far I think it's definitely going to be our longest season, the 1960s. Yeah, and I mean, such a such a relief from the 50s for the most part. Yeah, we've had a couple of singers, but by and far, just the the proper Mm. birth, I think, of of kaiju cinema as a genre as a whole, starting here. And it just gets weirder from here, honestly. <laughs> oh, like, for sure, for it sure. It gets weird before the the Heisei era kind of you know course corrects for a, a bit, and even that gets very weird. But but this week we're 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 specialized. We're especially talking about a a pretty beloved film, I think, in the Godzilla canon and, and in kaiju canon mm-hmm. with 1968 Godzilla film, destroy all monsters. Yeah. And there is some consternation. Some folks that worked on the movie said, oh, yes, this was meant to be the the last of Toho's giant monster movies, which hilariously, I think, versus Viros, Gamera versus Viros was also supposed to be the last of the Gamera <laughs> movies. But I think in both of these instances, they when they decided to, to go all out, make a crazy good kaiju movie. They were subject to their own success. Well, or they just decided that, oh, yeah, no, we're we're not stopping these until they completely <laughs> stop making money. When you give the people what they want uh, or what they think they want or when you do something like this and it does well, then look, th- this is not the first and nor will it be the last time that Toho says this is the last Godzilla film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to happen several times. Sometimes for success and sometimes because of the lack of success. It's an odd story. This one is interesting to me because of, I think, the the adoration that it, it gets. Because, I mean, I do think this is a very, very fun movie. But before we kind of dive into that, let's go ahead and look, Patrick, at what's in a title. Right. So th- there's a good deal with this one, obviously, like a lot of the Godzilla movies, but the original earliest screenplay, which I think, you know, maybe it shares about 50% of the DNA with what we got up on the screen. It was written by um, uh, Kimura in 67, and it was titled Monster Chusingura, which is a word that kind of pertains to the historical story of the 47 samurai which is oh wow <laughs> an extremely yeah well-known story in in japan of a 
Daimoyo who gets kind of betrayed and murdered and his samurai turning into Ronin and looking for revenge. And that's- so it's not a reference to the Keanu Reeves film. <laughs> well, that one is based on this. Oh, right, right, right. I know. So maybe maybe part of the story is, is similar in that the the monsters are seeking revenge against the evil aliens for for being I mean, I taken can, control I, of. I, don't I know. can kind of see that to a degree, I suppose. <laughs> There's definitely not 47 kaiju in this movie. But what if there were? <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 you do get the impression that there's a number of kaiju that we just didn't get to see. Uh, I do like the way that this film kind of mm. cuts where it's like, there's a lot of monsters out there. Some you haven't even seen really before. Yeah. Well, if they're trying to, I mean, the movies that they did pull in, pull in a couple more. Cause you know, we'll talk about how we saw, we see very briefly Baragon in this movie. So that brings in Frankenstein. Frankenstein, the giant monster, and also <laughs> Sandra and Gyra, even though they're not technically in this. I think they were in that earliest screenplay. But the the literal Japanese title for this film is Monsters Total Advancement, or, you know, um, also translated a monster attack march, or all the monsters you know, are marching on, that kind of thing. And... I like the the later eight millimeter title that, that the Japanese had because it's uh, very Marvel. <laughs> What's that? Assemble all monsters. All monsters assemble. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I, I think what I really need to hear, and this is kind of the running theme when we talk about specifically Godzilla films. I, I, I how do, how 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 does this relate to Frankenstein? Well, well, besides what I just said, technically, it's like in the same universe. No, but, but you know what I'm asking. In West Germany, they obviously went Frankenstein as their monster with Frankenstein und die Monster aus dem All. Frankenstein and the monsters from space. If you are a listener of German origin or have some sense of history of Germany at the time, I would love to know if this was something that the the German audience ate up. <laughs> or if I they think... were kind of aware that, okay, this is a Godzilla film from <laughs> Japan. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they knew it was from Japan. I think it's but... just a Kleenex situation, you know? It's like, yeah, this, that's, this is what, what they I... call kaiju. <laughs> that, that's what I want to know. I mean, because I, I don't know as much about well, the, yeah. the European <laughs> aspect of it culturally at the time. And that, I mean, I would love to know that because... Well, th- this might help you in, in that respect. They're going with the more popular monster i guess culturally for them and in italy this movie was called the heirs of king kong which doesn't make any sense at all there's not really any king kong well i guess there is a king kong character in gorosaurus well, <laughs> because... the, the italians do love king kong and that'll come up in about nine years eight years <laughs> oh yes they really do tons of great other titles from around the world. <laughs> There's another Japanese 8mm release called Monster Olympics, which is very fun. Yes, please. The monsters are threatening the world in, in Finland. The awakening of the monsters in Brazil. The monsters invade Earth in Mexico. War of the Monsters is a pretty classic one. That that title great kind game. of gets, yeah, well, that gets reinvigorated with War of the God Monsters in the 80s, but <laughs> the Netherlands also had Frankenstein's monsters threaten the Earth. Oh, very frightening. And, Let's I see. mean, this this does kind of invite, when you call something destroy all monsters, it's a 
you know, they're promising a big battle royale between all, you know, the creatures they have. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would imagine because there is some creative interpretations of the title that probably translated to the posters as well. There's some great posters for for this film all over the world. Some other weird ones, some other poster shenanigans, I like to call them, besides King Kong appearing on some posters. The <laughs> Turkish poster, which I've added to our notes here, had both male and female Gappas on I'm, it. I'm not going to lie. Even if we, we all know how I felt about Gappa uh, in general, but oh, if this poster up. is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 so weird because it, it looks like the two movies are kind of attacking one another. It seem it the, the art makes it seem like King Ghidorah, Godzilla, Gorsorce, Baragon are fighting the Gappa family. Yeah, it, it, it does look at like the, the title sequence from like the X Men cartoon. You know? <laughs> yeah, they're coming at each other. Yeah, so, so lots of great stuff with the 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 history of this title. I love the American title: "Destroy All Monsters." Is I think one of the best Showa titles by far. It's I mean it's a good title. I mean it's a certainly a classic title. It sounds um, like I, one I, of the I, the made up translations. Yeah, yeah. I imagine they probably wish they had that in the Millennium Era uh, mm-hmm. more so. I, I can imagine Final Wars probably also use that title or even <laughs> GMK. I I do like this title. I don't. I am. <laughs> I like this movie, so I don't I don't want anyone to think I don't like this movie or don't mm-hmm. think this movie is in high regard. But I feel like I'm a little bit more critical about this one than like I like in this movie a lot. And I, I like that you in your notes had, had mentioned this. This movie reminds me in terms of the way it tells its story very much like Invasion of Astro Monster. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's get into the plot of the film. and dig into what makes this movie, why it was made, how it was made. Of course, this is another Shiro Honda film, and he does take inspiration, certainly from Invasion of Astro Monsters. Instead of the Zillions, you got the Kalax in this movie. What do you think of the Kalax? Uh, <laughs> they were... They were fine. <laughs> they were. Um, they were there. Well, the, what do you the, think? the head, the head one, just reminded me of Void from Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of their reverted form, where they look like a worm, worm. crawling into a big? I mean, I'm sponge. that aspect. I was fine with that. I mean, it's, it's like, like the faculty or any other like weird looked, sci-fi horror thing. It looked like, like you, something from a tool video, like a stop motion tool. Yeah, video. I, but I was cool with that aspect of it. I, mm-hmm. Honestly, my problems with this movie are not necessarily the core elements that bring it together, but really the execution of those core elements mm-hmm. more than anything else. Because I'm, I. I think the concept of these aliens are cool. And honestly, I feel like of a lot of the movies that we've watched so far, I think it had a a large impact on future Godzilla writers because while done in a very different way, many elements of this show up in the legendary Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yes, for, for for sure. I think this one does have a, a big impact on later movies. And oh, for sure, we go from I, I guess the most we've had is like a three on one kaiju battle to a five or six on one. <laughs> we have a bit of a bigger monster 
bash in this film. Uh, I mentioned here that besides Invasion of Master Monster, I feel like this movie did take a good deal from Son of Godzilla as well. Instead of the the island in that film, you know, that they suggest what was it Saturo Island? Mm-hmm. They suggest this one to be something is, similar. Is Monster Island, yeah. It, well, they or call Monster it Land, Monster Land. Land. What they call it. Yeah, which is we don't get which, Monster Island until yeah. So growing up, attack. it's still taking me getting used to because I have always heard Monster Island. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, so when they started calling it Monster Land, I thought this. I mean, it, it makes it sound like it's a, a a new park part of the Disney World like experience. Like we're going to Monster Land. So, Sogol, Sogel Island in Son of Godzilla, which I think they at one point do mention as like, you know, we should make this into a monster island. But the, the beginning of this movie, we actually see that has become a reality and all the monsters are there and the monsters are just chilling together. I don't know what they put in the water for those monsters, but well, they, are they not- have the force field and they have. Like but they have, are they, they have, they have things that keep them at bay. So they, that, yeah, they're all chilling there, and they don't seem to be fighting is this, too much. Yeah, I was about to say, are they in different pins? Is this a Jurassic Park scenario? I don't or are think they it's a, I think this, they're they're roaming around. It's just whenever they get into a situation that they might either fly off or right, swim right, right. off or something like that. So they have things that basically deter the creatures from leaving. Yeah. I, I and the 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 plot of aliens controlling kaiju is is reused from invasion of master monster but i mean it gets reused a lot in old kaiju movies oh i mean some elements. of my favorite godzilla movies involve aliens controlling other kaiju it's fine yeah, I, have, or, I have no problem with aliens controlling kaiju i have no problem with the alien shenanigans whatsoever in mm-hmm. theory yeah i think there's a good mix of borrowed elements uh, along with some some new ones here i don't know why a moon base <laughs> is important to this plot where like it, the vast majority of it takes place on earth but i think they're trying to give it some scope you know this is supposed to take place in the, the far flung future. future of 1999 <laughs> uh which look if you are trying to get me into something and you play something in the film's future but takes place in my past I am a hundred percent there. I love the far flung future of mm-hmm. 1997 and escape from New York and turbo kid. I love the far flung future of 2019 and blade runner. I, that, that, that concept will never lose its novelty for me. So like, especially the fact that the far flung future of 1999 looks like 1968. <laughs> like they have, they have a Miles, moon base. They, they this- have, they have video chatting <laughs> on their phones like full uh, well, screen I, video chatting it, it reminded me a great deal of back to the future 2's uh, <laughs> like wall 2015. chats yeah 2015 16 years later I mean I guess we could do that right now but no one does <laughs> I mean you, you could absolutely do that right now I mean people use their monitor for or their television is a monitor, so like, I mean, you, I guess you could, Skype, you could Skype a friend. With I guess we are we are talking via Zoom right now, but like I, I wouldn't want you on my big screen. That'd be a bit too oh, much. I miles would. In I want to see them pores. Let, let's get into Ooh. it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I do like the idea that like the I, I love the idea that okay, we're gonna make this final Godzilla film. It's gonna take place in the future. Uh, a future that will not matter. will never come up again. Well, I was about um, to say, maybe that's why some people thought this was supposed to be the last one, even though obviously immediately after this, 
Oshira Honda would start work on Old Monsters Attack. But yeah, I don't think Toho had any real you know, um, reason I, to I, stop I do, making. I do these. love that. Like Honda was fascinated by the like the Monster Island as a, a concept of like a monster farm, especially like how mm-hmm. humanity would feed them. And I really wish this movie would go into that. Yeah, yeah. We we actually they they had a lot more stuff written and prepped out. They didn't get to use, which is a shame. But unfortunately, that'll that'll only be in the the archives or the <laughs> the unaired parts of of the the film. And so, like like you said, a lot of people do. It's it's a widely held common belief that Destroy All Monsters was supposed to be the grand finale of the Godzilla film or the franchise film franchise, but. This this pro- this project script was completed before Son of Godzilla. Right. They they had ideas, I think, for both of them. But I believe you're correct. And they did put more money, I feel like, into this film because they had to build a lot more sets than the the island set for for Son of Godzilla. So I think they did have parts of this finalized first. And, well, I, and before think... they they went in there, and Son of Godzilla was directed by Jun Fukudo, right? Mm-hmm. So that you can have them kind of working on things in their own way in in different corners, both Fukuda and uh, Honda. But yeah, this this script was not written by Shinichi Sekizawa, and it's the first Godzilla script not to be written by him. I think. Since my notes here say Godzilla reads again, mm-hmm. so he's correct. been like main main Godzilla. So I think maybe someone else has written some of the other <laughs> kaiju films, but Godzilla has always been Sekizawa. Destroy All Monsters was Kimura again, Takeshi Kimura, who I believe is also credited under for this film his pen name Mabuchi Karu and. Also written by Shira Honda. He he had a, a heavy hand in, in helping write this script. Like you said, a lot of those beginning segments of like, how do the monsters eat and live on this island? He had a lot of ideas. I would and, I would 100 percent watch a movie about like Jurassic Park style about humanity trying to like take care of these monsters. Well, it would have been so cool because so much of what Honda wants to do in these films is try to represent real science and kind of real logistical problems in the the fiction so some of the behind the scenes stuff and things that you can read about this movie and some of his other Godzilla movies is you know they talk to actual rocket scientists about the design of the SY3 rocket in this film they talk about like what would it be like to have a moon base and things like that so they're not just you, you can tell there's a lot that goes into these movies, especially. So it it would have been cool because you have like I mean this this thing is like like you said you know they were gonna twist around the forty seven samurai story and they wanted to include so many monsters and I know they they would have liked to have done you know the gargantuan if you have to and King Kong <laughs> King Kong they they wanted in here obviously I think the rights had already slipped away from them and this is right I, after. King Kong escaped, so that's sad. I I would have loved for them to have, you know, the Mysterians as the aliens to tie all of that (laughs) together. I wish. Yeah, I I would have loved for them just to be the Mysterians again, even have uh, Magura 
Oh, and yeah. Mega Magira. He's he's now like ten times taller. <laughs> I, I'm I'm down with that. Give me Varen. Just give yeah. me Varen for, well, for for the heck of it. We 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 have Varen in this film for I think fifteen seconds is like kind the of. maximum screen time. <laughs> yeah, but like give me uh, give me give me Varen as like a character. Like I would have loved to have seen him be bopping around more. But I mean, you could also had a Magura. From, oh um, yeah, <laughs> your 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 favorite little walrus. Wally the walrus could have could have been actually. I think there was a script where that yeah. I, when, I believe you're the, right. I believe there. If it's not this film, I know that that character was supposed to pop up. So I think in another installment and didn't. I think it's this one. Well, I think it was supposed to be Magira and Baragon guarding. Is this in my notes? Guarding the the mountain base. For the the Kallax, but I believe both those suits just couldn't couldn't be put on screen. So they, those were written out of the script, and they just brought in all the monsters to, right. to start that assault. But yeah, yeah, now, I, I I'm, I'm going to give you this time because mm-hmm. you, unlike me, have a soft spot for them Frankenstein's, mm-hmm. and I know you would like to talk about them frankensteins a little bit <laughs> what about gyra and, and sanda yeah well i mean i think they could have showed up in this movie it would have been interesting to have them or king kong or some more humanoid form of, of kaiju in this film what one thing i i feel like this movie is a little lacking of is kaiju battles there is a segment yes. of filmed information in a film that has been restored and shown in G Fest and things like that of after the effects team, which might have been under Subaraya in this film, although he was, you know, busy doing Ultraman. But our our good friend in the, the costume, Haru Nakajima, often after they would put the clappers, say cut, would continue acting because they would still roll Usually, if they had a little bit of film left in the can, keep rolling on like what was happening. So he would keep acting and he improvised a fight when both Manda and Godzilla are, I think, attacking New York. I think it's that part of the film mm-hmm. that he just goes up and starts fighting the Manda puppet and, and improvs a fight between them. And when asked, he's like, well, they're both out of control of the aliens at this point why would they fight each other it's like because it's fun <laughs> because it would be a fun i mean thing. i i i like the enthusiasm i love the i love the dumb reasoning because yes it is and and honestly i, to I talk think about that little little dragon looks fantastic so much better than the movie from whence it came <laughs> manda has a bit of a haircut in this film and and some people suggest that it's so it doesn't look as similar to Ghidorah's head yeah but yeah I I feel like what this movie was really missing was maybe the mind control wearing off on some of the kaiju and then halfway through there'd be a like four on four fight you know yeah I I think Gorosaurus could have put up a good fight against Godzilla in this movie Gorosaurus got like doubled in height from when we last saw them in King Kong escapes and has some pretty sick moves. Actually, he's got like a drop kick. He does. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say, I was of all the creatures that I, I could have done without the Gorosaurus, like in, in concept would yeah. have been one, but <laughs> they, 
that little guy uses his time very well. I would I say have to, I have to say he's like the number two kaiju in this movie. Yeah, I feel he's, like he's he's, he he's like one of the key kind of the MVP of the movie in, in the weirdest way. And it's like well, like when he hops on to Ghidra's back and stuff. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, what's funny is he was a substitute because, yes, we, we have to talk about the case of the missing Baragon, who was in the original script, I believe, a lot more prevalent, I think, would have take taken the place of some of the other kaiju action in the movie, the monster that is supposed to burrow up and attack Paris, and we see attack, come right up under the Arc de Triomphe, is Gorosaurus in the movie. But they announce it, and they don't change it, but they announce it that Baragon is attacking Paris in the film. I was like, well, really? They didn't change that afterwards? But <laughs> yeah, they they couldn't repair the Baragon suit, even though it was only three years before it was created for Frankenstein Conquers the World. Well, you know, because Subaraya was using that for the Ultra series, I, I think I, yeah, I would this, imagine, like you know, the way with the wear and tear and the modifications they made, you probably just couldn't get get that thing film ready in time. I think they had used this for three or four different Ultraman costumes, um, monsters, you know, of course, right? And it's just so funny that. You know, they, they were pretty sure I think they were going to try and use Baragon in the, the future, but just Super IR Productions having access to it. They really got got all the use out of it. Right. And yeah, they tried patching it and we do get to see Baragon in a couple of scenes and it doesn't look bad in the ones we do see it in. But maybe it's not fight ready, if that makes sense. Right. But it makes zero sense that. The T-Rex armed Gorosaurus is now the burrowing monster. It seems like they could have written the burrowing section out of the script, but I guess they had already or made had the... Angerus do it. Angerus seems like a more likely burrower. Kind of seems like a little hedgehog or badger, you know? So Right. Like yeah, that would have made more sense too. Like if he popped up like as a, like a little like a uh, spinning spike ball or something, that would have been just fine. Did that effect, I guess probably they had already built or created or something because they had to build the Paris set six feet above the ground and they had a a lift bringing the the actor in the Gorosaurus suit up through the floor to like emerge from from the ground. So maybe they just don't want to lose the the they didn't want a sunk cost for this film. That's already pretty darn expensive, probably like nine to ten times more expensive than the next Gamera movie that we're going to talk about. And in some places, some of these sets, some of these rigs and, and things that they do in Japan and New York and the, the miniatures there, that that money looks like it's put to good use. You know, they, they do some pretty, pretty awesome building destruction in this film, which once again, that's what people were coming for. And they want to see giant monsters knocking over buildings i love manda wrapping around the 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 train trestle the, mm -hmm. the elevated train trestle that's actually one of my favorite shots in the movie and then godzilla is like in the background where manda's in the foreground attacking the the same city and that's really not something we've ever seen before it's like can you imagine not just one kaiju but like five <laughs> all of a sudden attacking <laughs> your your city you get away from one of them and you run into anguirus <laughs> going to town on your your local uh, precinct yeah i i mean i while i would have liked some of these other things involved i i'm still happy with the creatures that we've got 
I do wish that they had given it a had I think had the faith to give it a little bit more budget just to let Honda have like that monster ecology show more yeah. and more because because when you see that begin the beginning of that movie and you see how the how the island operates, it does make your mind wonder like you know oh how do these creatures live here and all this all this other stuff. And one, the movie's not super long. And two, I feel like even then the audience would be like, yeah, I would absolutely love to know how how these boys live here. <laughs> yeah, it feels like you could have had a great intro action sequence with that. Instead, the one of the first things that happens is they get kind of mind controlled. I feel like it would have been cool, like you said, to see them in their unnatural, natural environment first, not destroying buildings, just just kind of chilling. Maybe yeah. maybe have another sequence of Godzilla and 20 years later, his still completely unchanged son, <laughs> you know, trying to blow smoke rings, <laughs> something along those lines. Like, oh, things never change on monster land. Well, it could be like a, a Grogu situation where maybe it takes a yeah. much longer time for a Godzilla Saurus to to grow to adolescence and then adulthood. Yeah, I mean, that's always an option here. Or they just have the same suit and they're not going to build another suit. <laughs> well, there's that. Although this one does look a little bit better than the, the prior one. I don't know if they changed out the head or not. Um, We do get a new Goji suit, I believe. The um Shoshin Jackie Goji, which whenever you see Godzilla on land in this movie or in close up, it's likely this new suit. And whenever he's in the water, it's the uh, Dysenso Goji suit. And that's just kind of how they operated. They would use the old one for water takes so they would not damage the water damage, the new suit. And I I couldn't really tell, you know, no, they did. They did a great job making everything kind of look great. Yeah, I think when you get to the end of the Showa era, some of those suits have a little bit more wear and tear on them. But this one's only like two and a half years old i think at this point so the 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 water suit so it worked it worked out fine um so let's let's talk a little bit about our our human cast because here's where i feel like the movie does suffer a little bit in that while no one does a a poor job at all i do feel like unlike age of astro monster sorry invasion of master monster the the human roles just kind of feel a little more I don't want to say archetypical, but they definitely certainly feel like here is character A, B, and C, and they feel yeah. a little less individual to me. Well, just like the kaiju, it feels like there are many more human cast members than Ashiro Hondo would write into one of his normal scripts. I guess Invasion of Astro Monster, you've got your four main kind of characters. Right. Maybe five if you include the, the leader of the Zillions. This one is there's. Just just a couple more, but Yoshia Shuchia is Dr. Otani, who's our, our kind of main scientist character. We have all the classic Godzilla actors in this. Akira mm-hmm. Kubo <laughs> is our, our I would say the lead, the the captain Yamabe of the SY3, which is weird to see him in the the the, the main role. Because Kenji Sahara is in this film. He's usually Honda's kind of leading man, but he's kind of a, um, not a cameo, but he's, he's more of the background character. Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, he, you get the sense in the, in the context of the human story, he's kind of a 
care major character to other people, just yeah. not to this movie. It's it's very very strange. I oh, oh go I, ahead. I also have a weird problem with the aliens because these movies have some sort of continuity mm-hmm. in the in the show era. So when the when the Earth monsters are kind of kind of regain their senses, the evil aliens unleash. Of course, King Ghidorah and and says King Ghidorah is a monster from outer space. Earth's monsters have no chance against him, to which I respond, <laughs> Lady, do you get the news? <laughs> yeah, because I was about to l- say last I checked, Godzilla's two and oh against this guy. I, Each time he's turned tail and run. That That's well, technically, Godzilla has, is not. Two and O. Godzilla and friends are sure, sure. Soon to, soon but, to be three and O. But I'm, just, reasons, I'm just giving, I'm giving uh, the marquee creature the credit. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's one of the reasons I'm not a huge King Ghidorah fan. It's until later iterations, he doesn't do a whole lot. He get he he is there to get stomped upon. He does cause a lot of damage in in the the first movie, but he, this he, one he does. Um, this one he doesn't take. Really, anybody out? He drops like Ingiris from low Earth orbit, and the kaiju just kind of shakes it off. <laughs> oh, the there's end. that. Um, I mean, they definitely didn't lean as like I remember when we talked about this Ingiris, the three headed monster. He was certainly the first creature that we encountered who's supposed to just be evil, mm-hmm. and we don't get a sense of that darkness until later in the franchise. Certainly, once you get to the Heisei era, but even in, in the Showa era, when you have stuff like Gigan coming into play. There, there is a little bit more of an evilness there, and he's a cool looking creature. But I mean, I do tend to agree with you, especially in the early stuff. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have the uh, the actions that belie the respect that he gets in these movies. Yeah. However, as the franchise grows, he absolutely does, and it, it, it just seems like they were saving his like beam weaponry as well. Like it seems like he could have taken out. I would have loved to him. I've seen Varen just getting lit up. Lit oh, up. yeah. No, one <laughs> of these side monsters should have just been absolutely obliterated by Ghidorah. <laughs> God, Godzilla's I, looking at the body and then his brow furrows. He's like, now it's personal. But it just it just cracked me up how they're like, oh, yeah, Earth monsters have no chance against him. I'm just like, someone's not been keeping up this season. Yeah. Great suit acting in this film, obviously. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can be played by Haru Nakajima, though Godzilla is, is played by him. But we have who starred opposite him in Gargantua's Hiroshi. Kate Sakita is Angerus and Gorosaurus. And those two are kind of the standout stars for me. Teru Ar- Aragaki, who just stopped playing Gamera. I think his last film was versus Viros. It played Rodan, though it didn't have a ton to do in this movie. No, and you know what's so funny is Rodan doesn't often get a ton to do. And yeah. it's a bummer because I love that 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 little flying guy. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, technically Kamunga's in this, though some of it is stock footage mm-hmm. from from Son of Godzilla. Like I said, I really enjoyed Gorosaurus in in this movie. And an Ingiris, a great deal. And the new, they, they had to build obviously a new Ingiris suit because the, the prior movie had come out over 10 years prior and was probably like destroyed. Right. <laughs> this one looks uh, great. I think it looks awesome. I, I do love initially when all these attacks, because the aliens have set up these monsters to attack different major cities all over the world. I love that someone actually says, why is it 
any of them attacking Tokyo. Isn't like that their their spot? <laughs> yeah, <It's laughs> and, which, which I got a good laugh at because I'm, I mean, you, as the audience, you know, OK, that's going to come up later. There's going to be a reason initially. Mm-hmm. And there there is one, but it's also like not great. Um <laughs> So yeah. there, there, there is that. But I mean, I, the the entire time I'm like, yeah, why, why are they not attacking Tokyo? Like everyone else is like, this is this is this is your dance floor, and you're going everywhere else. Um, yeah, no, we get to see New York getting destroyed, even though it's really it doesn't seem like it's to scale, even for the 1960s. Thirty years to to exactly from when New York would get destroyed by Godzilla, <laughs> another Godzilla. Yeah, or I mean kind of walked around <laughs> that godzilla weaves through a lot of buildings he does duck movie. and weave a little bit but he still does some damage he does he does he, he goes right through a building and somehow does not fall down so, godzilla I mean, did, cannot did melt you, still beams did you have a favorite scene so like i said i think some of those ingenious shots honda seemed to go out of his way to try and set up some some interesting shots in this film but yeah, as much as I appreciate the craftsmanship that they put into some of the the new sets, including the the mountainside locale for the final battle, mm-hmm. it it just never works for me unless they have appropriate kind of scaling for those kaiju. And there's like no human presence in in the the forest at the the, the base of Mount the mountain. Yeah, so it's, it's always I, a problem will, for me. There. I will say I do think that while I, I again like you, I appreciate a lot of the craftsmanship that goes into making these movies. Be, I guess because they were trying to use so many, I feel like the quality of the city model work suffered as a result, and that was yeah. especially apparent in New York. Y- yeah, I mean, it just didn't really feel. I mean, maybe people in Japan see the the tokyo ones and they're like that doesn't look like tokyo but it you know as someone who's seen 1960s new york depicted a great deal it just didn't make a lot of sense there's some scaling issues i think godzilla is supposed to be 50 meters tall here he goes up and destroys the un tower which is 150 meters tall and they're kind of very similar in height. So I mean, it, Godzilla and scale have always had a very tenuous <laughs> relationship. So I'm not, well, gonna be, I'm not going to be too bothered by it. it. It's just something they couldn't, they couldn't make that building to scale. Cause it would look too huge and probably be too large, but it would have been so cool to see him bring like a skyscraper down something beyond his, his height, which we won't really see until 1984 is Godzilla. See a, a massive building like that in, mm-hmm with Godzilla kind of in proximity. I wanted to talk before we, we get to that a little bit more about the technical and the, the history behind this film, because it's happened a few times, but this movie had a, apparently EJ super when he's filming, these, always gets letters from kids wanting to see the, the, the sets and the costumes, the monsters themselves up close. So they had a first grade class, in their, I guess when they're filming this towards the beginning of the school year, invited to Toho Studios and had a ceremony to to welcome them, wish them luck on the the school year and stuff instead of a, you know, a rally or whatever they would do at their school. So they had uh, I've got to hear our notes, an awesome picture taken and mm-hmm. actors came out from from the film, including our 
our main uh, Akira Kubo. You can see him on, on the right in this image here. And the suit actors suited up. We had almost all of them suited up and they had the flying kaiju kind of draped above them. And I, th- that's got to be one of the coolest experiences ever for some of those kids to see see them making that movie up close, right? Oh, man, I just can't imagine being in first grade and getting to, to go to that set. That would have just been the coolest thing in the entire world. Yeah. And yeah, getting a little sneak peek of the movie before it comes out. They're they're all there on the Mount Fuji set. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see them scale wise. They're about the size of Manila in, in right. Film. And yeah, did did you have any any favorite parts of the movie or anything that didn't work for you, maybe? I mean, the New York scene definitely didn't like super work for me. I certainly enjoy the kind of battle royale against Ghidorah. As I mentioned earlier, this Gorosaurus just hopping on his back and just going to town was is not expected, you know. And so some of like you, some of the perspective and some of the multi kaiju shots that they do are really impressive. And that's what kind of wows me more about this film is the some of the suit work that they did do. You know, we've always constantly kind of bring up the fact that like these kaiju matches should be like wrestling matches. And mm-hmm. they, they they certainly get better and better about doing that kind of stuff as the series goes on. And certainly here where like you have it to where like Gitter gets smacked down and like lands. Like, here's one thing that bothered me is mm-hmm. Gitter like is trying to trounce on Angerus, but is not bothered at all by stepping on them spikes. <laughs> yeah, it's which, like it's one which, defensive. Which begs ability. the question, why even have them? <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> so th- th- that bugs me a little bit, but I, I think that whole sequence against Ghidorah is really, really fun. You get a lot of good suit action, a lot of good suit acting, mm-hmm. and you get to see some more personality out of these creatures, and I think that was my favorite part about this movie. Yeah, and Gyrus biting on to one of the, I guess it's the right head of Ghidorah and going for a ride is like, yeah. oh my goodness. And and him dropping being what breaks the mountainside down and reveals the Kalax base is, is, a, is an excellent use of developing the plot through the, the battle, you know, mm-hmm. like there, there's interaction between the human and the, the monster plot, whereas I feel like the the human story of like them, like, how do we how do we stop these aliens? They've got control of all the kaijus and some of that draws out a little bit in this movie, like the the sequence where they're. Oh, for sure. (laughs) They're digging into that Kalak base and trying to get the monster control unit goes on maybe just a little bit too long but it's it's all it's it's hard not to like any of it because it's well shot it's well acted for the most part and it does have the the feeling of like oh this is a tense scene (laughs) you know this is some some tense time for for the humans yeah i i mean i certainly agree with your uh your criticisms there because i i i mean i guess we should start talking about our our ratings for this movie. Yeah. And you mentioned at the top of this episode that this is a lot of Godzilla fans favorites. Yeah. It, this it's, is in, it seems to be. It's in a lot of top 10 lists for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it brings up recently a uh, podcast screen drafts. I listened to brought up this movie in there. They did a Godzilla little uh, mini mega draft. Uh, doing their top 13 and this movie makes an appearance. It, it's a very beloved film amongst 
kaiju enthusiasts, it's even even if they don't know the title, a lot of people who may have seen some Godzilla films when they were a kid or know of them can reference this one because if they haven't seen the movie, they know this title. They might say, oh, that sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a very, very well-known title amongst people who enjoy or, I mean, are in the orbit of monster movies. Yeah, I I see it up there a lot with Gitter the Three-Headed Monster, and that's one that didn't blow my socks off, but I feel like this one does some things a little better and it's still it's also a very short film they're kind of in and out with it this movie does seem to take itself fairly seriously as well there was reports that haru nakajima wanted to bring back the she dance (laughs) from invasion of asher monster Uh, that movie would have made that would have made this movie a 10 Uh, i I think i love that dance so much i think he was vetoed and there's not really anything similar to that in this movie there's not anything I think that reminds us of the 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 goofier Godzilla or or kaiju movies, you know, like not a lot of cartoony elements. This this one is taking itself fairly seriously. Mm -hmm. Even Manila's blowing of the (laughs) the fire ring to take out the the final head on on Ghidorah. It's it's not played for laughs. So I don't know. It has a weird tone because of that. But I appreciate it. Appreciate it a good deal. Maybe it could have used a, a comedic character in the film, a human character, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if that would have made this a perfect enjoyment movie, but regardless, I enjoyed this a, a, a lot. I don't know about you. I think my go-to for this side of the Showa era is still probably Invasion of Astro Monster, if not Ebera, but this is very close to perfect enjoyment for me for for monster action i gave it a nine out of ten for for enjoyment i feel like i could pop this one in pretty pretty regularly in in rotation for for show of films and just enjoy what's on the screen you know yeah no, I, I get that for me i dig it a little bit for kind of for its script and for you know we talk about this the the human story does like Good idea, but kind of feels like it's very ho hum, and the way it's executed, it seems to always drag. And even if even if it's not spending as much time on screen as I think it is, it feels longer. Mm-hmm. And unlike Invasion of Astro Monster, where you're kind of constantly engaged with these characters and the action that's going on with them, that the intrigue, that kind of bond like story, this one just doesn't have that magic for me. And mm-hmm. as a result, it kind of weighs this movie down a little bit. Combine that with, you know, some of the sets not looking as great does does dampen my enjoyment. But again, an eight is still an elite score. It's a great score. That means this is a great movie. You know, eight is what I would consider just a regular just great movie. You know, anything. Mm-hmm. I feel like I always have to explain myself with my <laughs> ratings. But like for well, me, like anything above a five is borderline good. And then it, like your and- six and seven is kind of like, yeah, it's fine. It's good. Uh, on our enjoyment scale an eight is indeed great yeah eight, eight is great nine is exceptional yeah not so i like to i like to reserve my nine in towns for something really special and yeah. while this oh. movie is very very good and i understand why people get it get i mean get super into it it's not one that tickles my fancy as much but i still mm. greatly respect this movie so it, it, it gets an eight out of ten what what about the technical? You're mentioning some of these these sets and things not yeah. doing it for you. Yeah, the set and the script 
don't do it as much for me. I think some of the model work, well, again, mm-hmm. very consistent throughout the movie, does feel like, I mean, less in terms of its quality. And this is mainly done by uh, Teroshi, Teriyoshi Nakano, who is the Super Eye Productions guy in charge. Super Eye is not on set for most of these. Right. And I mean, it's certainly not awful, but I I think the degree of which they've done before uh, has been really superlative. And it's kind of hard when you're trying to make multiple sets of multiple different like parts of the of the world. I I get the undertaking they, they had. And there are some cool moments, but mm-hmm. that couple with the script kind of weighing this down. I'm, I mean, I'm still giving it an eight. It's still a great looking movie. It, the the effects are still really, yeah. really fantastic. The suit work is phenomenal. So in that aspect, where when it comes to the spectacle, it still works. But I do feel like some of those sets just didn't quite live up to the scale that the movie was going for. Yeah, I agree with you there. I gave it a, a ten. I appreciated what they were able to do, the new sets and suits that they were able to build with this amount of money. But we're about to, <laughs> I mean, we just came off of watching Gamera versus Viros, and that movie had a shoestring budget that I feel like was able to accomplish a great deal with that yeah. shoestring budget. Whereas this one had a huge budget by comparison, mind you, and still had what were floundering day in and day. it seemed like they're just keeping their head above water. They had suits returned to them. They couldn't patch them in time. They had to change the script or they, you know, change the monster that they use, but they didn't change who they called the monster. They called Gord Swords, Baragon, blah, blah, blah. Some errors like that. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's just how a testament to how fast they were pumping these movies out doesn't make this bad in any way no I, I do think if we had gotten more monsters and like i said just like one or two fights between them this really could have pushed this movie people are, are really showing up here i think for some of these monster battles and not showing them off doing what they're they're made to do is 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 a shame i would have loved a rematch for example between godzilla and gears we got a new Angiris costume we got a new godzilla costume show yeah, them off i agree yeah so i gave this one an eight out of ten and for the evocative nature of the movie i'd originally given this a perfect score i'm dropping it down to a nine out of ten because i think outside of the more standard versus movies i think this one is extremely exceptional in how it represents Showa era Godzilla. Mm-hmm. If if Godzilla had ended the Showa era with this film, I think it would have been much more beloved. I think if this was kind of the capstone, people would look back on this extremely fondly. It, you know, it, it's probably less than stellar because they did make some more and they made some very fun ones after this as well. But yeah, uh, it's flanked on either side by less than films I, I think we can agree that son of godzilla and probably the next film all monsters attack are not going to be as good as this one so we'll, maybe we'll, we'll we'll talk about all masters attack when we get there this this is weird because it is kind of the middle section of the showa era and it is not put well in historical contexts you know with those other movies but still i think this is kind of peak godzilla this might be part of an apex for for a lot of these movies and mm-hmm. 
Uh, certainly in, in the the budget department, it is. So I, I can understand why it's on so many G fans top ten lists. I don't I don't think this would be on my top ten list personally, but probably top fifteen or so. So yeah, I gave this one a nine out of ten for for its evocative nature, which is about a, a soft nine, eight point six for me total. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this one. I I think a lot of people don't believe me when I cite the Showa era as a direct influence for Godzilla King of the Monsters, the, the legendary film. Yeah, no, and it's all over that. And I I feel like out of any modern Godzilla film, Japanese or otherwise, the the movie that showcases the most Showa influence is that film. And I feel like that movie uses so much from this film and other Showa era films in its, its presentation, in its battles, in the way the, 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 the story beats go. Everything from that, I think, is directly influenced by this movie. Uh, this movie was cited by Graham Skipper, who, like, at this point, by the time this episode airs, I think the book will have come out, has written the official book on Godzilla for Toho and has said that if you want to introduce a kid to Godzilla, hand them this movie because it has aliens. It mm. has intrigue. It has every single monster. It's like being given like a little golden book of every monster that that's out there. And it's going to capture their imagination. You know, this is a fan favorite has stood the test of time that, of people that like love this kind of film, love science fiction this mm-hmm. movie gets cited a lot. And because of that long-standing influence, I agree with you. This this movie deserves a 9 out of 10. Well, and because it's, it's so funny. As I, there's not really like kid characters in this movie, but I think you're right. It is very kid-friendly regardless. It, it is kid-friendly because I feel like, yes, there might not be a kid character, but you don't have to have a kid character for a kid to be interested. I mean, kids love James Bond, you know? Mm. I mean, you just have to have cool stuff happening. And this movie does have cool stuff happening a lot. And everyone's favorite monsters, for the most part, are involved. So, yeah, I, th- I think a 9 out of 10, I'm, I'm right with you on that one. So, I mean, you know, this movie that certainly gets high, high marks for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So your your final score there was a 9 as well? I think it's an 8.3 because I gave it to oh, yeah. a 9. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, for, for for the evocative. So that, that'll that bring us down a little bit for our podcast total. This is another one of those instances where it could have gone to a 9, but is actually probably closer I to talked you down. <laughs> an 8. Yeah, well, I originally had this one as a, a solid 9 for me. Yeah, you. I, I, would, I talked to you about this a couple of weeks ago, and you were you were banding about like you might give this movie a 10 <laughs> well you know i really appreciated it but then i i you know when i was going in and looking at the special effects is like if this was any other movie i would ding it a little bit more i mean the we're about to watch gamma versus gyron and maybe that's what it is because they <laughs> they just do so much on that shoestring budget i i really did expect maybe a little bit more here and we've seen more because we just got done with King Kong Escapes, which had some pretty amazing yeah. things put into it. So Yeah, I gave a King Kong movie a high score. Who would have thought? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that brings our total score here for the podcast to an 8 out of 10, which is still great. Like like we said great. before. I'm, it, I'm happy with that development. <laughs> <laughs> it puts it in line as far as Godzilla movies go. I'll, at the same score as King Kong versus Godzilla, for example, 
as well as Ebera Horror of the Deep, which I personally rated a little bit higher, but it's probably in the, the same neighborhood mm-hmm. and, and definitely higher than Son of Godzilla still and Godzilla Raids again, which is we're both slightly below. So, Patrick, before we get going today, we did get a question from a listener. Yeah, on our other podcast Discord, our, our friend Jax was responding to, now it's about a month old episode, but our, or two months old, the the Kaiju Lost Media Special, our, our one year anniversary. Uh, what, 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 what question they, did they have? So they wanted to know, because... They were they were really enjoying the the talk about lost kaiju films. Yeah, and we were rating them on how much we wanted to see the lost movies, which was a lot right. Of fun. And so they want to know what kaiju movie do you wish had been lost? <laughs> it took me a little while to understand the question, but what movie that is out would you wanted to get lost? And and the <laughs> or, people. Or, People seemed to be a little, little bit put off by my response, and I'm, I've, I've wanted to go into it a little bit more. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to know what, what your movie, lost movie, would have been. Oh, right, because I, I guessed yours. Yeah, you, you guessed been. mine would have been the like Giant Claw or <laughs> Beginning of the End or something. Oh no, Beginning of the End was probably mine. I, I did not enjoy that one. <laughs> I think that was my lowest rated of all of our kaiju films so far in the Showa era, though. I. I, I really I don't think we needed young Gary <laughs> that technically that footage is lost in the conga <laughs> in the in the Korean. <laughs> but there's just, there were just not a ton to that film. And there going to be some some other kaiju monsters from from Korea. So, yeah, that one maybe would, would have made a good lost one. It would have been so fun if it did show up. What would you say to that? that question? So Which would you for want me, lost? and this is specifically for me, when I think about lost films, it's generally things that kind of excite the mind. And so I'm not thinking about a movie that I just wish had been lost to time because then we would have talked about it. And a lot of the movies that I didn't like, if you had explained the plot of the movie to me, I probably won't care. And so I, I thought about this a lot. I actually mm-hmm. put a lot of thought about this in this one. <laughs> and my vote would be Godzilla raids again. Mm. And part of it is because I, th- I mean, I think I gave it an eight out of 10 when it, when it, when we, when we uh, reviewed it, I, I very much liked the movie. Uh, we were, we were both sevens, I think. Were we sevens on that Looking one? Back. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty, pretty low. You know, that's for, for lower than I expected it to be Godzilla films. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. But you- oh, yeah, I gave it a seven, six and an eight. So I, I like I said, I, I like the movie. I think it's good. But if if God's because I mean, and the movie did well. But if Godzilla didn't have a sequel until King Kong versus Godzilla, which really kicks off the show mm-hmm. era in terms of Japanese Daikaiju. You know, the, the Godzilla Raids again didn't set the world on fire because if it had, we would have had more Godzilla movies between then and Godzilla, King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. But imagine if we never got that movie and a direct sequel that we'd never saw and had a monster that had not been introduced yet, that kind of thing would have had us playing what if so hard if it didn't exist, especially yeah. given how many unproduced Godzilla scripts there were at the time. I mean, there's several iterations of Bride of Godzilla that we never saw put to screen. I mean, and I th- 
Godzilla Rage again already feels kind of like a lost movie. <laughs> like how well, little it's talked about. That's and, the thing. We no one ever really talks about it. Like when you watch it, you're like, oh, it's fine. But yeah, it just doesn't have the feel because, you know, like we said, different director. Um, but if it had been a lost film, if we were if we were talking about this, this mm-hmm. movie that we just there's still this forum we just never saw. And there was, oh, this is the first time Godzilla fights another monster. Like those kind of things really spark the imagination. I think if Godzilla raids again, not because I dislike the movie, but I think it would make the most interesting lost film because of its specific place in history and the fact that, let's be honest, it's not one that we're really going to miss that much. But if we didn't get it, would make us think, (laughs) what if so much? An actual lost Godzilla film. You know what? I, I don't know if I want this, but you know what should have been a lost kaiju film? Varen. They, yeah. they were they were filming it for TV and then eventually had a switch to a film production. Oh, I mean, that, uh, that's that a great answer because a lost should be lost. <laughs> yeah. A lost Ashura Honda Kaiji movie. A hundred percent. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Not not that I wanted it to it was no. actually kind of fun and, and again, to watch, but it was it, it, it was worthy of being lost. I, I like Godzilla Raids again, but. I think of any of the films, I think that would make the most interesting lost film to me. It's just so weird. Varen showed up and destroy all monsters for 15 seconds, just flies around the little puppet. We don't actually ever see the suit of Varen, but yeah, that's what makes me so mad. Oh, right. That's, I think that's going to do it for, this is a, a long episode for yeah, destroy all monsters. I felt, I felt bad. Tapping that question one. on, but I really wanted to talk about it. No, no, that's this is great. This is probably one of our longer Godzilla films, just because we had so many monsters, so many <laughs> things to talk about. Probably didn't get about to about half the history that that we could have gotten into here. But this is one worth checking out. And when you do, if you want to chat with us about it, you can email us at kaiju versus history at gmail dot com go to our Twitter. We, we've had some responses on, on Twitter and we appreciate reading them. We are at Kaiju versus history. And I like to plug our letterbox account. You can see what we've got coming up and see what we have rated. That's a five star system. So it's, it's a little different. It does half stars as well. So it's basically 10, <laughs> but uh, you can see how many stars we've given each of the episodes we've watched so far because we don't have that on our website it's a lot easier yes. a lot easier to to follow on our letterboxed so thank you everybody for listening thank you patrick and we will catch you next time in turtle time once more here on the podcast as we look at a certain turtle's interstellar adventure against evil aliens and more destructive daikaiju tune in next week for history versus Gamera versus Gyron. <laughs> <laughs>